0: This is the Grant Thrive Podcast, Episode 193, How Craft Saved Suzanne Taylor's Life. Do you want to grow a thriving, profitable handmade business? My name's Jess Van Den, and I'm here to help you do just that. I took my own handmade business full-time in 2010, and since 2013, I've helped thousands of makers just like you create and grow successful handmade businesses. So, are you ready to thrive? Let's get learning. G'day Thrivers, Jess here. Welcome to the show again for another week. Today I have a really poignant episode. Uh, I'm talking to Suzanne Taylor from Taylor Metal Designs, whom I've known for quite a while online. And uh, I recently kind of went in and had a look around at her site and her about page really stopped me in my tracks and prompted me to invite her to come on the show and talk about her experience And uh, the title of this episode is not hyperbole. It's actually, uh, Suzanne says herself that she, um, that craft really did save her life. And you'll know why when you listen to this episode and her experiences in the military. But before we get into that, I just want to give you a few bits of knowledge, a few news items that are happening right now. First of all, if you're listening to this as it's going out, on Friday morning my time membership to the thriver circle should still be open for a couple more hours so come on over thrivercircle.com and join us in our membership community for makers get access to a whole bunch of resources and the your year to thrive course a year-long course that will teach you everything you need to know to get your business started and growing as i say it's the course i wish i'd had in my first five years of business and covers pretty much all aspects of handmade business in sequential order so every lesson builds upon the last i hope you do come in and join me and take advantage of that excellent uh, learning opportunity and it is super affordable to become a member it is pay by the month and it's currently 29 australian dollars a month that's approximately 20 us dollars at the moment with the exchange rate so it's pretty bloody good value for everything that you get as part of your membership and as i said it's pay by the month come on over try it out take the first few uh you know month or two of lessons dig around through all the workshops and the members only podcasts come and participate in our amazing community and see if it is the right fit to help you grow your business faster so that's thrivercircle.com And secondly, I'm running a really exciting live interactive workshop series with the Mavens from the Business of Making podcast, my other podcast, if you're not already familiar with it. It is thebusinessofmaking.com and it's co-hosted with two other maker educators, Michaela Danvers and Deb Engelmeyer. And at the end of June, we're running a three workshop series, live interactive workshop series about email marketing for makers. This is such an important part of your marketing toolkit. And I know that a lot of people really aren't using it to uh, the best advantage that they could be to be turning potential customers into actual customers. So if that's you, if you don't have an email map, mailing list or you don't know how to use it or you don't know what to send or you don't know how to get people to sign up we're going to help you to solve all those problems and the best part about these workshops they're not presentations they're workshops where we will actually give you time to get work done while you are there with us so you're going to walk away with stuff done which is really exciting so to find out more about that just head on over to the business of and you'll get all the info. I hope you do come and join us. You can sign up for one, two or all three of the workshops. If there's just one of them that you need to do, you can sign up for that individually. So come on over and have a look at um, what we're doing with those Live interactive workshops, which we are super excited about because it's something we've never done before. None of us have ever done uh, this sort of structure of learning uh, before. So we're excited to uh, help you out. And you basically get three homemade business experts for the price of one, which is pretty cool. <laughs> so I hope you can come and join us for that. Okay, so let's get started with this episode of the podcast. If you do find this valuable, I would really, really love it if you would share it with your community. So take a screenshot, share it in your Instagram stories, um, share it in Facebook groups. It is really a moving story and I'm really thankful to Suzanne for coming on the show and being so open about her experiences. So I hope you enjoy this episode and find it as moving as I did. Hello,
1: Suzanne, welcome to the show. Hello, thanks so much for having me.
0: I'm really excited to talk to you for a number of reasons. One is your story, two is also I've known you for a long time online, and uh, it's really nice to actually speak to you. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. It's always funny when you have those kind of online relationships and it's a whole nother level to actually sit down and have a conversation. So thank you for coming on the show uh, to share your story with us today about how important your work has been to your life and your health. Um, before we start kind of diving into that, I just want to ask, were you a creative child? Is it something that you did young earlier on in your life?
1: I have always been creative, um, mm-hmm. whether I was, you know, doing cross-stitch or needlepoint or making Christmas ornaments. Just, I loved art and just creating. So, yes, it was in there. It was in there. So
0: when you were younger, what made you decide to take the career path that you did?
1: Um, well, as, as I got older, not, not so much when I was younger, but um, I just felt like it was important to, um, Served my country, and n- nobody in my family had, um, and I was always a tomboy, um, so I just felt like the army was a good match mm-hmm. for that.
0: And what age was that that you decided to? That um... that was eighteen. Oh wow! Okay, so kind of straight out of school, that was the decision.
1: Yes. Okay. Uh, much to my parents' uh, <laughs> chagrin. <laughs> really, they weren't. They weren't really on board. No, they were not. Um, they, My mom just didn't feel like it was any place for a woman.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and sort of, sorry, what year was this about?
1: 1984. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. Yeah. She so just it. thought I should be off to school and, you know.
0: Doing the traditional thing?
1: Exactly, yes. Yeah. yeah. So was it a
0: – I can't even imagine. I mean, I was – well, I think I was three years old in 1984.
1: Was oh, my it a, gosh.
0: <laughs> was it a difficult decision as a woman to to go into the military at that time or was it just something you felt you have to do and, and screw the consequences, I wanted to do this?
1: I, I didn't see anything wrong with it. I didn't feel like it was a bad time or, you know, a bad place for women to be. I actually I thought it was badass and just wanted to no. be a part of it.
0: Yeah, yeah, fantastic. So you went into the Army in 1984 and you stayed in until what year?
1: Um, Let's see. I was medically discharged in 2009.
0: Right, so quite a long career.
1: Yes. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. And your first, I guess, what, 15 or so years were non-combat or did you see combat during that time?
1: No, they were non-combat.
0: Mm-hmm. And then that changed.
1: Yes. Yes, that changed in 2004.
0: So can you tell us a little bit uh, about what happened and how that kind of led us to the point of you starting the metalwork? That's kind of the meat of your
1: story. Right. Um, well, I I went to Iraq. I served... Um, just under 18 months. I worked as a combat medic. Um, Wow. Um, Yeah. How do you even talk about that? Um, I also, during that time, you know, I spent some time working in hospitals. I spent some time in Iraq working, um, Um, riding along with IED hunters, um, Hmm. being their medic for any casualties that may have come up. and um, So just a lot of medical stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, Seeing all kinds of things that um, I had never seen before. Um, Just the state of the country and just a lot of horrific things.
0: Mm. And you were right in the middle of it.
1: Yes. Yes, an odd place for a woman to be, but um, you know now we we fly bombers and you know we're in infantry and so you know women have come a long way. Since mm. We were really in the fr- on the front lines in Iraq, so I'm pretty proud of that.
0: So was that the first kind of time that women were actually on the front lines in that conflict?.
1: Uh, I would say in, unless you were a medic, um, you know, you, you really weren't.
0: Right. So you were like never sort of
1: in the mix of it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And it was really quite exciting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So there
0: was that excitement, there was the fear, you know, the, obviously living, I would imagine, I mean, I'm not military, I have no military knowledge, but I imagine it's a strange combination of fear and adrenaline and boring times followed by really, really horribly vivid times.
1: Yes, all of that. It, um, it was very much um, an adrenaline rush. Mm-hmm. Um, really nothing compared to which you know I understand now why why after being in combat you know people do drugs and and drink and you know they're a trying to not deal with things and b trying to just simulate that high
0: mm. and so you were over there for how long 18 months did you say mm-hmm. yes and then you came home I'm assuming yes and mm-hmm. what happened next?
1: Um, I I just did not um, I did not assimilate well. You know, a lot of things that we learned while we were over there. Don't do this. Don't pick up anything. Don't you know? Try your best not to be in a in a crowded place or a closed-in building. Or I mean, there was just so many um, different rules that it was really hard for me to shake those um mm. when i came home and also you know the the ptsd um that managed to tag along home with me um really was just causing a, a lot of a lot of problems really like um like anyone on leave the house didn't want to go to work didn't want to you know um driving became problematic just you name it it was an issue you Mm -hmm. know like I couldn't even pick up trash out of the yard um yeah just a lot of I can't even describe it it was just very different and I wished that I was back um, in the Mm -hmm. in the combat zone because that I knew how to deal with being back and expecting just to snap out and be back in, you know, the real world. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> that didn't work out very well for me.
0: Um, so I guess you can understand why some people, is it re-up, go back in, sort of go back into yeah, combat?
1: Absolutely, yes. Yeah. Why they stay for longer tours. Um, yeah, absolutely. Because it's something they know.
0: Yeah, was that something you attempted to do, or was it just not going to happen?
1: Uh, no, I was ready to go home. Not, not at all thinking I would have an issue with
0: mm-hmm.
1: being back home. Um, so no, I was like, yeah, let's get the hell out of here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then I'm my like home, and I'm like, oh, this isn't working either. Now what?
0: Right. So, so now, what, what, what happened next?
1: Um. Well, you know, relationships failed, um, work was not going well. Uh, obviously I, I came home with the PTSD and that was diagnosed and um, you know, therapy and lots of therapy. And finally they're like, well, she's not getting any better. So basically we're going to let her go.
0: Right. Um, so,
1: so they, they, it took them, you know, I, I came back from Iraq in 2006 and it was like November of 2009 and they're like, okay, you know, it's quite a long process to be medically discharged. Um, okay. So yeah, they were like, okay, this, this isn't working. And so off you go and have a good life.
0: Wow. So, so long. And thanks for all the fish. Um, right. Oh my goodness. So, I mean, do you still get support after they discharge you?
1: Um, you know, basically they're like, here's your local VA, um, hook up with them. Right. So, you know, that, that's what I did. Um, after being discharged, I, I went to the, to the local VA and, you know, you had to file a claim and, um, you know, try to explain to them why you can't go out into the world and, you know. Get another job and do something different, mm-hmm. and um, so that in itself is a crazy, long, dramatic process. And I, I just feel for all my brothers and sisters in arms because it is not easy to navigate. And I was just blessed with an amazing—I um, don't even know what his job title was. He was—he had my case. He had my back. He. You know, he was persistent and, um, you know, got me the help I needed. And he was just great. It was so really I great.
0: I can't imagine that you've got PTSD and trauma from war. They've discharged you and you're trying to navigate all of this stuff. Um, yes. I don't imagine that's an easy place to be
1: in. No, because you go from being employed and having a paycheck to not, Mm. you know, and, and it's, it is a long process to be, um, uh, what's the word to, to become if you will, a disabled veteran. I mean, Mm. it, it happens easily, but, but the benefit process is not easy. Mm. Um, it's actually, it's, it's, it's very sad that it's such a process. Yeah. Um, So, you know, I wasn't able to pay my bills and I thought I was going to lose my house and I had to go to the food bank and, you know, I got kids at home and um, just, you know, a place I never thought I would find myself in Mm -hmm. there I was. So the PTSD and then all of this on top of that um, is just not a good mix.
0: No, and you, so you had children as well that you were kind of the primary caregiver of?
1: Absolutely.
0: Right. Um, and you. Yeah. did you have a partner at this time supporting you?
1: I, own- I had a partner in, um, who was also military, um, but he had never seen combat. And right. so when I came home, you know, basically he's like, you are not the person that I married. Well, mm. <laughs> Hello. No, I'm not the person who, you know, left this house, but Mm -hmm. this is who I am now. And, you know, it's kind of a pre and a post me. Right. Um, And so, you know, the relationship did not, it didn't survive. And
0: Mm
1: -hmm. so I was going it alone really.
0: And at what point did, I'm assuming during this period of time things didn't really improve for you mentally?
1: No, no, no. Um, so, you know, I bounced from VA to VA, um, spent time in numerous psychiatric wards, you know, they run the gamut. The VA is really good about pushing medication, take this, take this, take this, Mm. um, which, you know, it's not the best, um, problem solving, (laughs) but I, I happened onto a psychiatrist, in um, Bay Pines, Florida at the VA there. Um, And while I did have to take some medication for depression and anxiety, um, he was really into, you know, hands on, let's, let's busy your hands. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember him saying, he, you know, called me in. he's like, we are ready to discharge you. However um, you have got to find a hobby. Or you're going to kill yourself and/or somebody else? He said, "You know, yeah. you." And that was kind of hard to hear. Mm. Um, I'm like, I thought you said I could go home. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was okay. Yeah. Um, so, as part of my discharge plan from the hospital, I had to find a hobby. I'm like, oh, geez, <laughs> you know. Well, I'm in a, a town. I don't know anything. I, you know. So I looked up online. I found this little bead store that was close to the hospital. And so they allowed me to leave. And I went to a class there. Um, and the first piece of jewelry I ever made was a chain-mailed bracelet. Um, right. And I fell in love with it um, <laughs> because um, it was repetitive. Mm. Um, and I just loved I loved it. I love anything now that's repetitive. Um, I loved having to pay, you know, attention to the detail of how the whole thing went together. Um, I was hooked, really, from mm-hmm. there. I was absolutely hooked. So I took my bracelet back to the hospital, long story short, they <laughs> did, discharged me to my local VA where I did, you know, six years of outpatient therapy and you know that's where my jewelry began was, was in Bay Pines. So
0: did you do any silversmith training after this, like formal training?
1: I, I did some wire work and, um, but I wanted more, I craved more. Mm-hmm. So I signed up at the local college for, uh, metal smithing, jewelry making, um, But I could not get myself to leave the house, so I dropped. I dropped the class. Right. I did that twice. Um, Two semesters I did that. Then I I thought, well, okay, let's start small. So I um, signed up for a weekend workshop. It's like a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I'm like, okay, I can do this. I can leave the house and go there and, you know. But um, I got there, which was good. I got there. (laughs) (laughs) But... You know, then the torches started popping and popping and popping, you know, people off, turning them off, turning them off. And to me, that was like gunfire. And so I'm like under the desk. I'm like, this is not working. I have to go. Um, So I, you know, I'm leaving and the instructor, she says, well, why don't you come back, you know, Sunday afternoon? And she gave me a time and she said, it'll just be you and me and I will take you through it. So um, that's what I did which was amazing of her to spend that amount of time with Mm -hmm. me and take me through everything she had just spent three days teaching an entire class. Um, But I, I loved it. And and again, I was hooked and I, I wanted more and I wanted this to be something I could do at home. Um, So she sat down with me and, and she, together we wrote out a list of everything that I would need to do this at home, which I did. Um, and she came over when my stuff from Rio Grande arrived and um, <laughs> she helped me to set it all up and, you know, walk me through it again. And she, she was just great. And I ended up, it, it was a couple of years later, I was finally able to take, I took two semesters of the metalsmithing with her. It was great, and to this day, Teresa and I are still—we're like sisters. We're very, very close. Um, We do metal smithing one Saturday a month at her studio. We watch TV together every Monday. Um, (laughs) It's it's just really uh, brought us together, and she really took me under her wing. And Mm. um, you know, I am forever grateful for that.
0: So, not only did you find a craft a calling you found a very good friend
1: yes I was doubly blessed so what was kind of
0: the trajectory of your mental health improving alongside your business or sorry it wasn't a wasn't a business at this time just a hobby
1: right just just a hobby um I first let me just digress a second um when I When I left the army, um, basically I had to reinvent myself because again, like I said, there was a, there was a pre me and a post me Mm -hmm. who were not anymore the same person. So if I'm not in the army, what am I and What am I going to be doing? Um, which is where, you know, the jewelry came into play. Um, That allowed me to have a sense of purpose um, to create, to busy my hands, to busy my Mm -hmm. mind. Um, It was like a new, I'm not articulating very well. Um, It was like a new me, like I had reinvented myself. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm no longer a, a combat medic, but I am a metalsmith. Yeah. And that did amazing things for my mental health. Um, because like I said, I had a I had a purpose. I had a reason to get up. Um, mm-hmm. You know, what can I create today? What can I learn new? Um, <laughs> and that grew into, you know, applying for shows and um, having an online presence. So really, it, you know it it was just an immense help it turned me around 360 degrees being would, being able to to do my craft so would you say
0: it was kind of the key to healing
1: absolutely it was the key absolutely and and you know i say whether it's metal smithing or basket weaving or rug weaving, whatever it is, you know, I, I definitely believe that, that art is healing and it, and it definitely saves lives. I do believe that.
0: Cause it saved yours.
1: It, it certainly did. And that's, you know, that's on my, my website. Mm-hmm. I am, you know, I'm here because of that, because of the art.
0: And that's what really caught my eye when I was reading your site and I was like, that is, you know, we talk about how much we enjoy craft or, you know, how fulfilling it can be and creating something in the world. But I guess I'd never really thought in depth about how it could be a healing tool. Um, So that was, it really hit me that that's something that had been so important to you in your journey.
1: Yes. And, you know, and it still is, if I, if I go you know, a couple days, which is very rare. But if I go a couple days and don't touch the silver, as I call it, um, it definitely, (laughs) it affects my mood. It affects my, you know, my attitude. Um, So it's really, it's all wrapped up in me. um, And it, I just don't like to go too long without doing it. (laughs) I get crabby. (laughs)
0: Because it's such a cool part of... Who you are now?
1: Yes, yes.
0: Your identity that was Absolutely. once one thing and is now something new.
1: Absolutely.
0: So, have you found not only the craft and, and a, you know a very good friend, but have you found the wider community has been helpful as well? The wider creative community, the metal smithing community.
1: And they are amazing. And 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 it and not necessarily just the metalsmithing people, although they're amazing, like I said, because, you know, they're willing to share and to teach. And, you know, I've not come across anybody who says, I, I'm not going to share that with you. <laughs> um, but other artists out there, too. Um, I joined Instagram because a, an artist who I followed she was on instagram and i'm like you know it was her goal to get on so maybe i should do that too and my lord it just opened up a whole new world to me (laughs) um and so many other types of artists are also you know they're supportive and they're caring and they understand um they get it Mm. so yeah it's an amazing amazing community out there
0: so at what point did your hobby turn into something that you made money from? Was it a, just an organic thing or was it a deliberate decision?
1: It was not deliberate because, you know, I had no self-esteem. No. Um, <laughs> so I'm like, you know, they kicked me out of the army. I must not be good for anything kind of mentality going on. And so um, when somebody wanted to purchase something that I made, that just blew my mind. Um, Mm. that I could ever produce something that somebody else would want. And so it just kind of happened on its own. Um, Like I said, I I never thought enough of myself to like, oh, I got this. I'm going to sell this. Let me just go out there and do this. (laughs) No, it was totally the other way around. It was because people were requesting, how gracious of them, Mm. Um, that fueled my, my fire to find a way to get it out there.
0: So how did you, how did that start? Uh, you mentioned doing shows. Was that kind of the beginning of it?
1: It It started with shows, which would just send my anxiety through the roof because, you know, I'm, I'm in a space with a lot of people. Usually it's closed in. Um, you know, the army said, don't do those things. Yeah. Um, plus I had to leave my house, which, um, you know, my home was my comfort zone and I didn't much care to leave it. In fact, um, when I was in therapy, one of my assignments was I had to go to a store. I didn't have to buy anything. I had to leave my house, go to a store and spend 15 minutes and then I could go home. I had to do that every day. <laughs> um, and I, I went into a scrap mix store and, um, I kept showing up every day and she asked me if I wanted a job and was just too shy to ask. And um, (laughs) I said, no, 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 this is, this is what's going on. This is part of my, my therapy and, you know, getting back into the world. And um, she and I are still friends to this day. (laughs) It's, It's quite funny how that, how that happened. So, yeah. So I had to, you know, suck it up and, and get out there and, and do shows. And, um, and I would say about 2011, um, I thought, you know, maybe I could have an online presence. So, you know, I muddled through trying to have an Etsy shop. And uh, <laughs> that was a lot because like I said, I'm not techie. And um. You know, I just don't want to know anything about it. I just want to create Mm. and feel good about that, not be frustrated by the business aspect of it. But, um, you know, if it's to be, it's up to me. So I had Mm -hmm. to do it. So that's how that came to be.
0: And how has it gone? Like your Etsy store is beautiful. Your work is beautiful.
1: Thank you. Um, (laughs) I is it gone Uh, let me just be totally (laughs) honest um it was really slow at Mm -hmm. first um but then you learn a little bit and you know you put that to work it's 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 a constant learning process you don't ever you're not ever done no um but I will say that I think it was 2016 I took your setup shop course Mm -hmm. um that was, that was the best year I ever had. Oh, that's brilliant. Taking, I'm serious, taking that course, implementing what you taught was the highest revenue I'd ever had from my craft. So for all of you out there wondering, yes, it's worth it. Do the work.
0: (laughs) I'm so happy to hear that. The course really helped you. That's brilliant.
1: Yes, yes. And recently, um, you know, as part of the course, there were um, two goals that I had set and year after year. You know, I I didn't follow through because I didn't know how. Mm. Um, it was just, I'm like, this is out of, out of my wheelhouse, if you mm-hmm. will, um, was to set up my own website outside of Etsy. And to have a mailing list. (laughs) mailing list. Yes. Um, Yes. And both of those things happened in April of 2019. Yes. So excited. Um, I had gotten an an email from a gal who was basically cold calling. Right. Um, So she had sent me a little thing on Instagram. And um, apparently I read it and dismissed it. I mean, it was still in there somewhere. But, mm-hmm. but then one of the gals that I follow on Instagram, she um, was, had a new website. And this gal who had sent me the code call had done hers. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, let me go look at this. And sure enough, it, it was indeed the same person. So I'm like, okay, this is it. Because you said if it's not something you can do or want mm-hmm. to do, hire it out. Yeah. So I did. Um, I said, okay, I don't, I don't know how to do it. I don't want to do it. And she did it of course, with my input and mm-hmm. you know, all, all of that, it was, a, it was a joint effort, but she did the hard work. Um, and I'm so excited to have that. That's brilliant. And I can't, Every day is like a learning, you know, okay, how can I grow this? How can I get more visitors? How can I just trying to soak up information, which for me having PTSD, um, it's extremely hard because I, the, the short term memory, um, the bank where my short term memory is held is damaged because Mm -hmm. of the trauma. So I really um, unless I'm doing it with my hands, I don't retain it. So like I could read about how to improve, you know, how to get more visitors. Mm -hmm. um, But I can't then go from that reading, go to my website and implement it. I have to write it down. Okay, what did they say? What did I find important? Um, I have to have it to refer back to because Otherwise, I'm spending all the time in the online article I just read. I can't move from the article to doing. Right. Um, I, I had to have it tangible to refer back to. So it just kind of add, adds a little bit of a step um, for me. Mm-hmm. But I'm extremely grateful that I, that I found a way around it, you know, to, mm. to be able to, to cope with what is now um, this handicap and, and make it work for me. Absolutely, yeah. so now I can't sit down and read a book but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll turn a page and be like, "What did that just say? <laughs> um, so you just pick and
0: choose, you know, yeah, but you can make beautiful pieces of jewelry,
1: yes, it's right there in front of
0: you, and you know the process, and
1: yes, yeah, the repetitive,
0: mm. yeah, so do you find it's almost I guess for me, my mind goes straight to kind of a meditative thing where it gives you something to focus on, to focus your both your body and your mind so that it doesn't get caught in like the anxiety loops and things like that.
1: Yes, it, that is absolutely how it is.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I, I love the, um, you know, the sanding process, the sawing, the anything that's repetitive. Mm. Um, I just find to be soothing really. Meditative, as you said,
0: mm. so what does your life look like these days can you Can you leave the house or is it still a struggle?
1: Um, I leave the house it depending on where I'm going, it is a struggle um, like I can go to my grandchildren's daycares, pick them up, you know, <laughs> spend time with them, those types of things. Um, I can go to the grocery store if I'm organized have a list, get in and out. Um, I don't like go to the mall. I don't go to the movie theater. Um, driving is okay now, except I do, um, kind of lose it. I'm really like short tempered. So Mm. there's some road rage that happens there, which I'm not really proud of. Um, I also sometimes lose it in public again. I'm I'm not Mm. proud of that. Um, if i'm frustrated or overwhelmed or for an example like all of the checkers were busy and you know it's either like wait 40 minutes because there's lines or go to the self-checkout which i despise Mm -hmm. so i'm like okay i have to get out of this store you know because anxiety is building and um so i try to do the self-checkout which in itself is overwhelming i think for what i consider a normal person um (laughs) (laughs) And you know, when things don't scan right, you know, I just get flustered and I end up just, you know, losing it on the poor clerk, you mm-hmm. know, and she's like, Well, if you don't like self-checkout, why are you in this line? You know, <laughs> yeah. that I'm just done. That's it. And I'm like not even in my right mind anymore. It's like mm-hmm. somebody else is going off on this person and I'm watching. Um, so you know, I just have to be, I had to be mindful. Um I have to be purpose driven. I don't fly by the seat of my pants. Pretty much everywhere I go is planned. Um, So it's just different. But I would say I am so much better um, than I was. While I do still have struggles, I mean I think we all do. um, Mm. I I am able to leave the house and I can pick up trash in the yard now. So
0: (laughs) that's a good thing. That is a good thing. Yeah. Do you do you feel like it's kind of number one, that your jewellery is your refuge, the place you go, um, and number two, that you are still improving?
1: Yes. Most definitely it is my sanctuary. Um, it's my safe place. It's, um, it's my comfort zone. And not only am I in improving as, as a person, um but i'm improving as an artist um i think my disability is improving you know i when i first came home i would drive on the wrong side of the road because that's the side we drove on whereas mm-hmm. you know obviously now and i got would get pulled over all the time <laughs> you're what are you doing you know and i would be like oh well you know i just got back and they're like okay mm-hmm. um but yes yep definitely improving and and so grateful to just to be here because there were many times that I did not, you know, wish to be here and um, I had a couple attempts on my life and, and really thankful um, that there was a purpose out there for me.
0: And that you found it.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, definitely that I found it.
0: You think there's a lot of people in a similar situation to you who don't find it?
1: Yes. 20 a day. Wow. 20 veterans a day take their lives.
0: That's a pretty horrific number.
1: That's a lot. Yeah. And I'm I'm just thankful beyond all measure to have found something that's fulfilling for me, helpful to me, um, that enabled me to still be on this earth and be a part of my grandchildren's lives and my family and, you know. So I'm really fortunate.
0: How do you feel that turning your craft into a business, has that affected your relationship with your craft?
1: Some days it's frustrating. because it because now that it's a business i you know i'm driven to be out there rather than um some days it's just not healing to be out there let me just put it that way mm-hmm. um <laughs> you know i'm like oh i'd rather be doing this and this but oh i have these orders i need to get out so um so it's kind of a, a mixed bag mm-hmm. um Double-edged sword, but I wouldn't change it for anything. I just need to manage my time better, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and I have—I do have a hard time, like, I'm at it the first thing in the morning, and it's the last thing I'm doing at night. I don't – I haven't sorted out the hours yet, like I know you talked about <laughs> in the class that I took. Um, so – Mm, it's <laughs> it's a huge part of my life. I, I don't want to say it's running my life, but some days it is. Mm.
0: I think that's pretty normal though for someone with a, a business, you know, for it to yeah. be a huge a huge chunk of your life.
1: And that it waxes and wanes too. I'm I'm afraid to to slow down or to stop mm. or to take a holiday where I'm not lugging my jewelry with me in case <laughs> I need to mail something out. <laughs> um, <I> mean, <laughs> I'm serious I have done that um <laughs> I'm like I don't I know you say put it on vacation it'll be there when you get back um I, I just haven't found that balance yet I'm still looking yeah it's and maybe goal, it's not ready and that's okay right yeah it's a goal <laughs>
0: So, where do you see yourself in the future? Say five years time, still still learning and growing and doing what you're doing now.
1: Yes, most definitely. But um, I would also like to be teaching. Right. Awesome. My 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 craft. Um, I, I have had s- several people, you know, approach me about that, um, and I, and I think I I think I could do it. So yeah, I would like to implement, you know, having, having some classes, whether it's a, you know, weekend workshop or some one-on-one type things. Um, I already have my grandchildren in the studio. We, we, have, <laughs> nanny, we have nanny time and awesome. um, yeah, my girls, um, they're a little bit older. They have made pieces already. We do that in the summer Um I'm, I live in the same town as as my grandson, who's four now. But he loves to come over and you know beat the metal with the hammer, and um, <laughs> it's just a joy. He puts on the mask and you know, all that stuff. So I, I'm I'm looking forward to passing the craft on to them as well, whether it just be hobby or you know if if they want to go into art, I'm I wholly support that.
0: Mm-hmm. And if they want to go into the military, how do you feel about that
1: i I absolutely support that my My mm-hmm. son is currently in the military um, and he's had four four deployments now to wow. um, the middle east we'll just leave it there mm-hmm. um, but i'm i'm very proud very proud of him and and if if it was up to me, I would say everybody should mm-hmm. everybody should do you know, two years, four years. And and some countries do that as, yeah. as I learned while I was over there um, because it I think it grows people. Um, you know, today's society of kids, I just shake my head at, but they <laughs> can learn so much um, from the military, you know, about how to carry themselves, how to be responsible, how to just be a good person. Mm. that that those things that they learned could carry them into other areas of their life. So I'm, I'm very supportive.
0: And do you think a lot of what you learned as a younger woman in the military has behooved you going forward uh, in your life? Are you, are you thankful for those lessons?
1: <laughs> Most definitely I am because there's nothing I cannot do if I set my mind to it and, you know, take the steps necessary to achieve it. And I learned that in the military. So you're either with me or get out of the way because I'm going on.
0: (laughs) Yes, you are. I love it. Suzanne, (laughs) this has been brilliant and very moving. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story with us today. Uh, I really, really appreciate it.
1: Well, I am just grateful to have you have asked. And um, it's really a, it's an honour. And I hope that anything I've said can be of use to somebody else.
0: I know it will be. Thank you so much. Thank you. Enormous thanks to Suzanne for coming on the show and being willing to share her very moving story with us and being so open and honest about her experience and her journey. Remember, the Thriver Circle is open right now to new members for just 72 hours so don't miss out head on over to thrivercircle.com to join our vibrant community of makers from all over the world and learn how to grow your hemo business faster and really achieve that dream that you have. And don't miss our live interactive email workshop series over at thebusinessandmaking.com forward slash workshops. It's going to be fun. It's going to be very, very valuable and you'll walk away with stuff done so that you can sort out your email marketing once and for all. Thank you all so much for being here. Uh, I really appreciate you taking the time with me every week and uh, trusting me to help you on your handmade business journey and a huge shout out because membership of the circle is open a huge shout out to all the members of the circle you are the best i love you guys and thank you so much without your support This podcast wouldn't exist. The Thriver Circle, really uh, the support of the members there because you get a members only episode every month without the Thriver Circle, this podcast wouldn't exist. So if you want to support this podcast, the absolute best way to do it is to come and join the circle. And not only will you support the show, you'll get a whole bunch of benefits that will help your handmade business as well. That's ThriverCircle.com. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. I'll be back again next week with another episode and goodbye for now.